Blog Talk Radio. Wow, I thank God for that prayer. I pray that Minister Margo calls back in. That prayer must have torn up the enemy's um, agenda for this morning. I mean, uh, we were just shut off like it was nothing. So I pray that she calls back in and that we're able to allow her to continue uh, with the prayer that she was praying, uh, we oftentimes say that prayer changes things. And one thing is for sure and for certain, uh, that prayer, <sighs> let me see if I can get her to try again. My, my, my. I was just saying, Minister Margo, how powerful your prayer was. It was breaking up so much follow ground. So please continue with the prayer. Continue with the ministry. Uh, wow. The enemy is busy, but God is still on the throne. God bless you. Wow. Um, we oftentimes, like I said, say prayer changes things. But when you hear the powerful prayer that Minister Margo was praying this morning, and you hear the scriptures that we're going to continue on with, um, you'll understand the correlation between the prayer that she was praying with the authority that she was praying it in and the alignment of the tribute to Minister Sheila's life and also to what we have going on. So the one thing I will say before I share the scriptures is according to everything that Minister Margot prayed, it is so, and so it is. Psalm 56 says, Be gracious to me, O God, for man has trampled on me. All day long the adversary oppresses and torments me. My enemy have trampled upon, all, upon me all day long. For they are many who fight proudly against me. When I am afraid, I will put my trust and faith in you. All day long, they twist my words and say hurtful things. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They attack. They hide and lurk. They watch my steps as they have expectantly waited to take my life. And then one of the scriptures that we used 
doing Minister Sheila's uh, home zone was. You have taken account of my wondering, put my tears in your bottle, and they not recorded in your book. Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know that God is for me. And God, whose word I praise, and the Lord, whose word I praise. And God, I have put my trust and confidence and reliance. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? We just had an example of what man shouldn't try to do. Cut off the line. Try to stop the woman or the man of God from sharing the word, from praying. My, 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 my. It's something about prayer. It's something about reminding God about his promises to you. It's something about reminding God about the journey that you're on. It's something about reminding God about the tears that you've shed and about the things that you have survived, the deaths of your sisters, your brothers, your mothers, your fathers, your your colleagues, the retirement, the uh, good things, the bad things. It's something about bringing those things back to the remembrance of God and about how God blesses you on the left and on the right. It's something about how the enemy of our soul doesn't want us to remember our feelings, our sufferings, our experiences, our failures, our um, times that we felt guilty or, or worthless, those times that we've lost interest in a thing, those times that we lacked the motivation to do a thing, those times when we were uh, in a relationship that failed or we were rejected, those times where the feelings that we had seemed so big, even when they were really small, or those times when things appeared to be so small, when yet they were victims, those times when we suffered different types of bondages and disorders, those times when we dealt with uh, jealousy and the inability of others to support us or to promote us, those times when we uh, uh, walked out of a situation because of pride in us or pride in someone else, those times when we were sent by God to teach this or to teach that, but the enemy of our soul wanted us to shut up, those times when we walked in fear, those times when we walked in idolatry or even were dealing with different types of infirmities, those times when we weren't sure of ourselves, those times when we were feeling overwhelmed, those times when we were feeling um, heavy. Don't you know that there's people watching you right now? They're watching you, um, your neighbors, your, your, your family members, your colleagues. They're watching and listening to everything that you do and say simply because of the name or the title of the position you've been given 
as wife, as girlfriend, as spouse, as husband, as boyfriend, as mother, as father, as aunt, as uncle, as homeowner, as apartment or condo haver, as lover, as satisfier, as BFF, as that ride-or-die friend, as traveler, as daughter, as son, as best friend, as a sister, as a brother, as a boss, as a director, as a supervisor, as a teacher or a preacher or an intercessor or a CEO or a CFO, as a president, as a VP. Just the fact that you're a retiree, you've had a job. You've had jobs where you were the business owner or the person that gave out jobs. You've been called a trucker. You've been called a healer. You've been called a prayer warrior. You've been called a confidant. You've been called a motivator, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just because of those very titles, the enemy of our soul wants to discourage you. Some people want to discourage you just because they're self-righteous. Who want to discourage you just because they don't know how to look in the spiritual mirror like you do and ask God to change you, to perfect you, to make you better. They're so busy looking out the window of their lives until they have forgotten the very thing that God has blessed them to be, a person of fellowship a person that has the ability to speak life into someone else's life, a person that's able to police the room, meaning when you walk in the room and there's disorder, order takes place. A person that when they walk in the room, people begin to smile, whether it's when you went to a bowling um, event like Sheila, or whether when you were playing cards, whether it was spade or bid whist like Sheila did, or whether it was you walked in the room and they said you're the life of the party. It didn't have to be a disco. It could have just been a family event, and they said you were the life of it. You made the people laugh. You made the people smile. In many cases, you made the people because you brought in that banana pudding or that dressing or that tea or that coffee or that Pepsi. You brought in that dish that you do so well. Or even if you didn't give us a meal or a drink, you were the person that put the things in order on the table, the settings on the table. You were the person that knew when to pray and how to pray like Minister Margo just did. And it was a powerful prayer. You knew to pray in the morning. You knew to pray in the afternoon. You knew to pray in the evening time. You're faithfully a person of prayer. Minister Sheila was known as a person that was a safe rider on a, on her bike. She was known as the person that um, her daughter Pinky could count on because she would play cards with her as her partner. Few names that we have been called. But before we get to those names, 
Let me share these few scriptures. Romans twenty-eight, Romans eight, twenty-eight and thirty-one. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for your good. For those who are called according to his purpose. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Psalms 126 and 5. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. There's many of us on this morning who have been sowing in tears and God's been collecting them in a bottle. There's many of us on today during this very moment that we can think of some names or some words or some things that were done to us or said to us or prophesied to us or even the very things that were done that made you think this is a hot mess. What in the world is going on? Well, take some time right now to just shout out a few Negative names. We're going to get to some positive names, but think of some negative names that people may have called you or that you may have called people or that they may have called your loved ones or others. Can you help me out with that? Can you just share some with me right now? Uppity. Mm. My God. Get up. Any other? Get up. Go ahead. Ghetto, my God. Sometimes people have called us the world's biggest racist, discriminators, microaggressors, practice of inequality, religious, quacks. Don't you know being called uppity or ghetto? <laughs> uh, that people don't understand, person that's being called uppity has actually brought a standard to the room that we all need. And not only do we need it, we need to know how to even act ghetto. How do you know how to deal with kings and queens and you don't know how to deal with the person in the ghetto who's poor that lacks this or lacks that? There are people that have been called slick, half slick. They've been called uh, quarter man, slick man, liquid man, stanky leg, uh, trickster. They've People have been called or labeled as rejected, neglected, abused, misused, unvalidated, misunderstood, undervalued, neglected, left out, immature, forgotten, witch, witches, wizards. Manipulators, my, 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 jealous, low self-esteem, insecure, envious, covetous, unfaithful, infidel, messy. Don't you know these names have haunted people? Some people have been shamed. They've been blamed. They've been the useless aim of others' deflections because they were hurting. Some people have gone through so much in life, the one thing they remember more than anything else is that time when they were called ghetto, that time when they were called uppity. 
Some people have called you uppity, to be honest, because they were jealous. They were jealous of the standard that you live by. They were jealous of how God, your very mama, your very sister, everyone, esteemed you more. How God created you in his very, very, very great handiwork. That God took an extra little something and gave it to you. Extra little something to make it where the bum on the street knows your name. And they're not really a bum because they have an assignment as well. I know people would say, how can they have an assignment? No one is on this earth that does not have an assignment. Whether you look at them and it reminds you the importance of working, or you look at them and it reminds you the importance of charity, or you look at them and it reminds you of the sadness of the various things that they may have experienced or the pain that they may have gone through, whatever it was that God used them to remind you to go to college, to become a teacher, to become a nurse's aide, to become a health advocate, to become a, 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 an industrial engineer, someone that cleans things, to become a wife, to take your job as a sister the way you do. You're sensitive about your sisterhood, whether it's VNA or whether it's adopted. You're sensitive about your title as auntie. You're sensitive about your title as daughter. You're sensitive about your title as wife, the position that God honored you with to even say that I can trust you in a covenant relationship. I can trust you in a death-do-you-part relationship. I can trust you in a relationship that sustains and maintains and takes care of and cares for somebody else. My, 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 my. Do you understand the title that you hold as wife, as spouse, as friend, as sister, a sister, a brother, a protector. Do you understand that title? Many of us, God has called us people of integrity. He's called us people that are focused and structured. Many of us, they wanted to call us a lady, but they were so jealous they called you uppity. Many of them wanted to call you modest, but they were so jealous that they called you uppity. Many of them wanted to call you a good steward or a great steward or brag on your stewardship, but they called you uppity. Many of them 
wanted to call you open-minded and yet Christ-like and undefeatable and a confident and strong and mighty, but instead, out of their jealousy, they called you ghetto. Many of them wanted to call you dependable, reliable, genuine, faithful, disciplined, devoted, and punctual, but they decided to call you uppity or ghetto. Many of them wanted to call you affectionate and loving and righteous and brave and wise and positive and forward-thinking and diligent and obedient to God and the things of God. Many of them wanted to tell you how much they could trust you, how motivated you had made them, how polite and tactful you were to them. Many of them wanted to tell you how great of a servant and a worshiper of Jesus Christ you were. Many of them wanted to tell you how much of a great leader and a role model and example and a visionary that you were. Many of them wanted to tell you that when they look at you, they see the redeemed of the Lord. Many of them wanted to tell you that they wanted to be a Christian like you. Many of them wanted to tell you that they wanted to be a believer like you. Many of them wanted to tell you that they wanted to be God's own like you. Many of them had looked at your very relationship with God and said, "Mm, God, I wish I could have a genuine relationship with God just like them. But God, I don't know how to be selfless like them. God, I don't know how to be giving like them. God, I haven't even had the nerve to ask you to give me that. See, we oftentimes say you don't know the oil that God has placed on me. You don't know the mantle. You don't know the things that I've been through. Well, if they don't, teach them. Share it with them. Codify it with them. Proclaim it with them. Help God to give them this new status and this new name and this new position and this new title that they've always coveted, but they didn't have enough nerve and didn't know how to ask for because they thought they weren't worthy. They thought they weren't worthy because of the bondages that they've been in. They thought they weren't worthy because of the perversions they've been a part of. They thought they weren't worthy because of the families that they grew up in. They thought that they weren't worthy because of the toxicity that they've had in their lives. They thought they weren't worthy because of how vulnerable they've been, that people have misused them and abused them. They thought they wasn't worthy because they were the trickster in that relationship where, you know, they talk about the twins in the Bible and how Esau and um, Israel, and they talk about, um, uh, you know, Manasseh and, and, and his brother. They talk about how there's, things and, and situations that we've been in, we can look in the Bible and see them, yes. We can see the things that Jacob did to Esau. We can look at all of that. But some of us don't have to look in the Bible. We can look back over our lives and see what God has brought us from. Some people have been called a side piece in, the, in their past. Some people have been called a quarter piece, a half piece, somebody's piece, everybody's piece, anybody's piece. Some people have been called undervalued and left out. Some people have been called pawns. Mm-hmm. 
some people have really been called what they really were acting like, but they didn't know that deep down on the inside that God knew that they would be righteous, but he had imputed them with their rights, his righteousness, which was much more than their righteousness. He had already redirected them. But he said, but they called me self-righteous. Some people are calling you self-righteous because of the word that God put in your belly in order to convict them. Realize that every time someone calls you a name, sometimes it's the very thing that they esteem you to be that they're proud of. I have family members like Minister Margo, like Minister Sylvia, like Missionary Tony Montgomery, like Pastor Troy, like Prophet Aswan, who I look at and I see the love of God in, who I see the imputed righteousness of God in, who I see great teachers and preachers, who I see love, and they love hard. Mm-hmm. And there are many people that, unlike me, when they see you, they see those things as places of envy, as places of covetousness, as places for corruptible conversation as places that they wish they could be, not knowing that they can be. Because, see, the God that we serve, he's able to redirect. He's able to make afresh. He's able to make brand new any and everything. He's able to make us compassionate. He's able to make us intelligent and innovative. He's able to bless us in the city and bless us in the field. He's able to make us the head and not the tail. He's able to eradicate and obliterate any procrastination that's in our lives. He's able to show us the genuineness and the purposefulness in us to show us Every time someone calls us ghetto, every time someone calls us uppity, that we are valuable, that we are influencers, that we are impactful, that we are vital to the very kingdom of God. So valuable, so and and we're just we're just in a place that we're not just invaluable. We're not just irreplaceable. But we are the redeemed of the Lord. And just like they knocked Jesus and called him all manner 
given to anything. There go I. They're doing the same thing to you because you're Christ-like. Instead of them calling you Christ-like, they'll call you uppity. So was Jesus. Instead of them calling you Christ-like, they'll call you ghetto. Jesus knew how to sit at the table with the publicans and and the people that others would not sit with. But when God identified his son, he said, this is my son, whom he was very proud of. That was his son. Minister Margot, you are his daughter. The DNA test came back positive. Minister Sylvia, you are God's daughter. The DNA test says you were created in his very likeness and his image. You look like your daddy, daughter. Mm. Minister Sheila is looking just like him right now. Mm-mm-mm. Eternally. Everlastingly, she's sitting with him. She's worshiping with him. She's no longer here with us waiting to be with him. But she's in that place that our parents were already there. Our sisters and our brothers that have gone on without us, Minister Sheila, is in that place where this is what her tears mean. The T is for today. The E is for eternity. The A is for aim. The R is for redemption. And the S is for Sheila's. Today, eternity and redemption, Sheila's. Today, not tomorrow, but today, eternity and redemptions is Sheila's. My God, my God. The very will of God, the very way of God, the very word of God, the very thoughts of God, she's experiencing firsthand. My God, my God. I thank God that Minister Sheila is able to spend eternity with God. I pray that each and every person that's under the sound of my voice on today will be able to say that same thing, that one day, Not that it's just their dream, like Martin Luther King shared with us, but that one day they will be able to lay prostrate before our God and say, holy, holy, holy. Adonai, you're holy, you're holy, you're holy. 
Jehovah Jireh, your holy, your hope, your hope. Jehovah Shama, your holy, your holy, your holy. Yeah, of course. Jehovah God, your holy, holy. I lay before you prostrate with other elders in the presence of God, saying, Holy, 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 Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. George, my mother and my father, Sheila and Clucky. Oh my God. Other land before God. The streets paved with gold. With their soul with their crown on. Crying out, holy. Holy, Holy, speaking to God in languages that we've never, ever heard of. They're in a unity that we've never experienced on this side of heaven. But as we're on this side of heaven, he's commissioned us to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ from the north, the south, the east, and the west so that somebody else will have that experience to worship God in spirit and in truth. That somebody else will be snatched out of the hands of the enemy. And be able to lay before God, to stand before Him, to see His glory and His fullness. To be clothed in, in garments and beauty that we've never ever seen. Will you be that soul winner? Will you be that preacher and that teacher? Will you be that prophet and that prophet? Will you be that apostle? Will you be that bishop? Will you be that believer? Will you be that lover of souls? Will you be that person that wants to share with everybody? Bloody God. Everybody, north, south, east, and west, every time, will you be? 
that person that says, I refuse to allow the gospel of Jesus Christ that shut up in my bones to not be shared with another person, even if it's a hug, even if it's a raised hand, even if it's a smile, whatever it takes, I'll get through that barrier. I'll get through that name caller. I'll get through that accuser. I'll let them know Jesus says he saved me and he can save you. I'm going to turn the program over to Minister Margot if she's able to open up the lines. They're open so that we can hear a testimony or whatever you want on today. The lines are open. Minister Margot? Encouragement for those scriptures or those authentic prayers for the saints of God. As I struggled to hear this message today, because of electronic interference, much was missed. And I think about that in reference to the enemy of our soul. He doesn't want us to get the whole picture. Here, but on the other side. He doesn't want us to grab hold to the promises of God and hold them tight, knowing that God cannot lie. But I ask each of you, and I ask Pastor Leg to put this broadcast on Facebook, the way that you can put it on so that We're going to believe, God, that it will happen, and everything that God intended for this message to do will be done. I thank God for it. I believe God for it, and I know it's going to make a difference in the lives of those that listen, that hear, and that then go and do what God is telling us to do. Strengthen her, God, because she needs your strength like never before. Comfort her, God, because she needs comfort that she never even realized she would need. Stick by her, God. I dispatch angels by her side to just give her something else and someone else and the spirit of God to lean on those times when she feels like her knees are. of God are praying, the angels in heaven are praying, and God's will will be done in her life. Strengthen her, encourage her. Hold her up, God. Hold her up. Hold her up, God. 
Let her know she's doing a great job. That you are godly proud of her. (laughs) And she is blessed. She is blessed of the Lord. someone else that would like to contribute on today. Good morning, everyone. This is um, Minister Sylvia. As I was sitting here listening to the program on today, I was also reminiscing about times growing up with uh, Minister Sheila, and I began to remember a couple of things. One, that She trusts me with her kids and her car. My sister had a 72 deuce and a quarter that she washed this car every single day. That car was shine so much, you can put your makeup on in it. (laughs) The job that is, because you can see your reflection. I thought about how people stood back and stood up and said Sheila was quiet and how she would always just stand there or give you a look. I thought about the time me and her was in the park, Garfield Park by our house, and we was over there playing on the swings and the seesaw. Even though we were um, teenagers, we were in our upper teens, we were still playing on the swings and the seesaw. And I remember these brothers, there was a lot of them, they came over, and one of them told me he I was going to be his girlfriend by free will of force. And I told him no, and he told me he was going to beat me up. And I remember fighting those brothers, and one of the brothers was hitting Sheila with a cane. Several times he was just beating her and beating her with this cane, and Sheila was just standing there. And then all of a sudden she said, are you finished? She said, now I want to show you how you whoop somebody with a cane. And she began to beat this boy with his own cane. And I'm only bringing that up because I learned then that my sister was tough, that she wasn't an easy pushover. She did not just stand there and take things without giving a fight. I remember them going to get my dad, and my dad come running over there, and he said, what you come get me for? Them girls don't need no help. Them boys need help. I was reminiscing about the time that we teased her about cutting cake, how she can feed a whole room with one cake, or even I would say it's a half a cake. She would cut that cake so thin. I I thought about how she enjoyed cooking for her family. I thought about how when she prayed, she didn't, Act like she dotted every I and crossed every T. She said, I thank God for forgiving me of my past. How she acknowledged things. She didn't walk away. She didn't shy away. She didn't act like she didn't do no wrong. I thank God for having a sister like that because she taught us that even though someone want to call me names or someone want to say this or say that about me, she came to the conclusion that if God be for me, he's more than the world against me. That when God forgave her, it didn't matter what you, me, or anybody else thought or said, but she learned how 
to pray for everything, anything, and then stand on her prayers. I thought about how she was her children's mother, but in the latter days, she became her their friend. I thought about how her daughter said to me the other day, my mom became my best friend. And I said, wow, because I remember when me and Apostle Next was talking about our mother one day, how she became our best friend. I thought about how we used to dress like our mother, and she would take us and want us all to get the same dresses and outfits. And when we go out, there was no doubt of who we was with. Huh. Like the scriptures or today was teaching us about who we were with. There's so much I could say about today's service, what Apostle told us that they stand for today, Colonel, and redeem Sheila. I thank God that we were able to really put it in words of what Sheila meant to us. She meant she was my sister, my ride buddy, my ride or die. We would go and play cards together. We would um, sit down. We would have family dinners together. We would just do a lot of things. We would even have discussions. We would agree to disagree. I'm going to miss hearing my sister say whatever, 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 or excuse you. I'm going to miss those things because when she said it, she said it with genuine, as she was genuine. When she said those things, whether you agreed or you liked, you know, some people said she was stubborn. But as her grandson said, she was his grandmother. And as I'm saying, no matter what you say about Sheila, she was my sister, my friend. I thank God for this opportunity to share and think about and talk about my sister. I'm going to miss my friend, my hero. Thank you. Thank you, God. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? Someone you had your hand up? Okay. I just want to say I thank God for each and every one of you that have called in today. Uh, Thank God for those listening to us on the World Wide Web. I understand now why God said there was a possibility that I could be sharing the message um, for the month of August. Um, Because even when Minister Margo was praying, um, the enemy of our soul was Um, breaking up her prayer at the beginning and breaking up her prayer in the end. But the one thing that I know that I know that I know is God is going to get his message across. And whether I have to share this message again next week or whatever, this message is going to get out. Because obviously there are some people crying Obviously, there are some people in need of hearing that there is a Savior. 
that can wipe all of your tears away on this side of heaven. Minister Margo, did you have anything else before I uh, say what our scripture is and close us out? Uh, No, I just... Father God, we understand as minister... We understand as Minister Marco was saying, the phone's going in and out. And obviously, she has a powerful word that she wants to share with us. And I can't wait until the day that um, she's going to minister to us. But whatever the agenda of the enemy is or was on today, it won't work. We'll be back next week and the next week and the next week. Our foundational scripture is, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And that's Matthew 6 and 33. Thank you, Minister Margo. Thank you, Minister Sylvia. Thank you for the other listeners that I opened up your line, but for some reason, um, either you didn't say anything or the line uh, is still having its technical difficulties. So please call back in on next week so that we can hear um, what you have to say. So, God, we thank you. We take the prayers that Minister Marco has already prayed, and we release them with the power and authority that you sent them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen.